welcome to Flourishing Education, the podcast that provides you with conversations with experts and like-minded people who would like to see education turn into a flourishing environment for the well-being of all. So, are you ready? Let's start. Hope you enjoy this session. Welcome to another Powerful Imperfectly Perfect conversation for the Flourishing Education podcast. This morning I'm talking to Riyad Marif Hassan. A very warm welcome to the podcast, Riyad. It's my pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So let's start with you introducing yourself. Do you want to sure. tell us tell us a bit about you and and tell us where you're based and, and what you do? Uh, I'm Riyad Marvasan and I'm a 13-year-old Indian author, interviewer, doctor, host, poet, essayist, and a history and STEM analyst and an artist. I am the founder of three organizations, the Clippers, the Clippers Child Council of India and Literature on Screen, and I'm based at Dibrugarh, Assam, India. Wonderful. So, so many, uh, you know, titles and things you do. So, let's start with, like, being an activist. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a global child rights uh, ambassador and activist uh, for JEP Global, uh, which is part of Child Action Lanka. And uh, we uh, have been uh, working on, you can see the SDGs that are followed by UN and also the SDGs uh, for Child Convention and the things like, which I mostly follow uh, from my side is quality education and uh, I've uh, seen uh, Fabian in your uh, profile about flourishing education flourishing uh, education so as you can see uh, we uh, I especially uh, am specialized in uh, providing and also spreading uh, and the best thing we all can do is to spread awareness and I've been uh, spreading awareness about quality education how we can promote the education because Nelson Mandela said that education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Mm, amazing. And you use acronyms just now. I'm just wondering whether you would you could explain those acronyms um, so that our listeners who may not be familiar with them might understand those a bit more. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, so uh, you want me to say, uh, say a little more about... Uh, yes, like, what uh, you follow, the sort of the UN... Uh, yeah. what you said about that is that all right yeah sure yeah. so uh, as uh, you know uh, for if we say about child rights we have uh, 40 or around something like that uh, different uh, topics to work on and I most uh, I especially work on the uh, topic like providing quality education and because uh, and the best thing uh, I just said now is to spread awareness and I've been doing it uh, the same and through uh, my different activities and also will be uh, from the organization Jeb Global will be soon organizing an event uh, global event to uh, spread the awareness and do whatever uh, we are capable of and because child rights because uh, uh, there is a friend of mine which I interviewed a few days ago and there uh, is a book written by her the name was know your rights or have no rights 
and it's okay. I I've been really motivated by the line and I uh, asked her about um, what it is based on. She said it is based on child rights and uh, it is to know our rights or no, it's better not know them because yeah, once we know them, we have to follow it. And that's how the cycle, it's a type of uh, life cycle for the child rights. It's like uh, for we can say the rights for elders, there are also rights for the children. And mm-hmm. as a, I'm a, I myself as a child am working on it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so I'd love to discuss that because obviously you said you're 13 um, and you're obviously an activist and doing all of this. There's so many young people who are pushing for change, which is absolutely fabulous. Um, so let's explore that, this sort of notion of child's rights. Um, and and how different it needs to be, how differently we need to see young people compared to how they were seen previously. You know, because I guess when I grew up, it was, but not as much as for my parents, for example, children are seen, but not heard, for example. So, you know, a lot of, of in a lot of societies, children are, are seen as imperfect um, individuals who are not yet adults or um, you know soon to be adults but that because they are not adults they're almost imperfect and you know personally I don't think we meet children where they are at that stages of development um which is a real shame so so what would be your take on that on that sort of uh, those ideas and what can we adults do to to give young people more space and you know give them more rights and and support them better uh, I would like to say, uh, uh, first of all, that uh, day before yesterday, I was uh, looking at a video uh, by our late uh, president of our country, Dr. E. P. Abdul Kalam. So we call him the Missile Man of India. And you know, he was interacting with the students, uh, with the youth. And uh, the student asked him that, what is the weakness? And what is the strength of a nation? So he said that the strength of a nation is the youth and the weakness of a nation is when the uh, vision, the uh, vision dies, the vision of the youth dies, then the nation dies, the country dies. And it's uh, actually the young people, because uh, you can see it's uh, just like I said, a life cycle and uh, it's the youth or the young people. And nowadays we don't call the upcoming generation. We uh, used to call it the uprising and uh, what is rising and let's uh our life is exactly like a book and uh especially because you can see what we are writing now by the young children and uh i am very happy because uh from i am the founder of the clipper cell council of india where in this council i am uh it's like the count it's one of the only councils uh that uh have members and the founder as a child and we all are children there and it's like uh, I believe that the young people, uh, they should not be uh, provided space. They should be provided to create the space. And uh, they, because uh, they are creators, what we say, they're uprising. And the young people, their vision, they can, uh, means they are the oxygen, or you can say the breathing procedure of a country. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I'd like to ask to talk about um, something that I really believe in, which is true co-creation with young people. 
So I don't know if you are familiar with the ladder of creation. Yeah. Uh, and, and to me, obviously, it's really important that we reach true co-creation. And I agree with you that, you know, the, the youth is, you know, I say our youth is our future, you know, the future of our country. So, of course, they need to be part of all of the conversations and leading the conversations and all of those things. But I think, you know, there's also a tendency sometimes to want to to sideline you know, older people and, and sort of just say, okay, we young people are leading and we don't need other people. And I think personally, that's not the way forward. So I think, I think there's, like you said, with, with uh, older people, there's wisdom. So we know from tribes that, you know, our elders, we can learn from our elders and we can really uh, develop You see it and also like even the elders for young uh, goes like this. I'm sorry. Uh, you, I'm sorry, Riyad. We I couldn't hear any of what you said. It just froze and I'm really sorry. I couldn't hear any of the things you said. So <laughs> do you wanna say that again? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Yes. Okay, sure. So uh, I was saying that uh, just like you said about the elders and even the elders were young people someday. And uh, as we say, then they are uh, actually because we are just buds. We are just growing like plant saplings and they are already trees. And, you know, it's a tree uh, that gives shade or helps uh, the young ones to bloom high and uh, one day that will grow as well and that will become a tree and another plant sampling will grow. And that's how the process I said about, uh, that's the oxygen. Uh, we, uh, the young people, and we uh, are young people are a building with, when we need pillars to stand in a better way, you know, and those pillars are elders. Mm, yeah, fabulous. Yes, absolutely. So I think to me, that's that the vision I have. And I love your vision of, you know, all the trees caring for the, you know, the, the seedlings or the younger trees. Um, and in fact, I can't remember who wrote that book, but there was there's a, a lady, a researcher who's done a lot of work around looking at trees and how through their roots they communicate and and make sure that the younger trees are um receiving the right messages and stuff so that's a, just a beautiful analogy okay amazing so um obviously you said you know that, that when when we lose hope i guess if the vision is not positive then you know that the, the a, a nation dies to me, uh, the way things are currently, uh, there are a lot of negatives. We you know we talk, yeah. we hear in the news a lot about you know global warming, and you know there are a lot of crises, um, you know mental health crisis in young people and in in older generations. Uh, you know obviously global warming and and you know climate change and all of those challenges to name but just two. Um, that will. Im- impact particularly if we don't fail we can do something about it it's going to make us feel really helpless and is likely to lead us to feeling more depressed so 
what can we do? Because obviously, you know, we saw with Greta Thunberg, even though she has been such an inspirational and, and pushing for change, there's still so much resistance from our governments who are still not doing enough and, you know, encouraging us to do, to do enough, all of those things. So what would you say, what can we do um, to make a difference or feel that we are making a difference and therefore to just keep that um, optim you know, optimism and, and you know, feeling, feeling like we can influence? I would like to say that we do have negativity in this uh, globe, but uh, we... We also have positivity and actually negativity and positivity are uh, positive and negativity are things that we create and uh, it's actually depends just like I use the word vision it's depends on our vision and uh, the thing is uh, it's a bad fact that we all have problems in this world there are a lot of problems but the good thing is every problem has a solution as well and because problems are not what uh, you can say god gifted or uh, you can say someone gifted us problems are what we create and uh, if we can create problems we can create solutions and we always each hour uh, every day every hour and every minute we may uh, suffer any problem but the good thing is we can make create a solution as well and uh, about losing the hope and there uh, is a quote like every beginning has an end and there is uh, you can say sad thing we hear but we can even make it positive that every end has a new beginning all over again. So mm -hmm. it's actually depends on uh, the vision, what the view, the perspective of things. Uh, like uh, as you mentioned about Greta Thunberg and also uh, about uh, the coronavirus crisis that we're facing. Uh, you just like uh, in last year in 2020, my uh, country, uh, India was in a lockdown state and. Uh, shops, houses, everything were closed. Uh, I know there uh, were problems with uh, the country's economy or some different type of crisis, but there was a good thing as well. The global warming, what you were seeing, the ozone hole. You can see that it was little decreasing. The earth was going into a greener movement because cars were stopped. Cars were stopped. Like uh, you can see, we were all house arrested. And um, we can't see cars moving on or anything, just offices or factories going on that pollutes the air. So you can see the earth was uh, filled with, again, those green things that were that used to be centuries ago or millenniums. Mm. So you can see it's actually depends on our vision. And when we have a problem, we will we always have a solution as well. But we just need to find it. Yeah. And it depends on our views. I like that. I love that. And to me, I think, um, you know, my my aim is to sort of try and change the face of education through what I do. Um, and, you know, through those podcast conversations, amongst other things. Um, and I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, all of those views of those crises, they're really for us to be on the edge of you know, we have to make different choices. We have to make, uh, you know, take a new approach. And for me, it's a really good opportunity to move to a different approach in life. Um, you know, it's 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 literally the 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 cycle of evolution. 
it, we, at some point, you know, you, you, you start with a cell that's not mature and that's fighting and, and, you know, individualism, all of those things. And then we need to start coming together to cooperate, to then create something new. And I think this is where we are. We are, uh, you know, the really the edge of, well, let's create something completely new in terms of education and in terms of our approaches. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I surely agree with that. And uh, your, I'm re- I've been really inspired by you and your motive that is to uh, go for that fourth uh, SDG, go- SDG uh, quality education. And education, just like I said, uh, Nelson Mandela said, the education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And uh, from our country, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, he has, uh, the father of our nation, he's uh, said a quote that was an addition to the first one, that be the change you wish to see in the world. And this is a change. And it's not uh, like uh, I am young, so I can create a change. Even elders, it's actually uh, change is brought by being it by each person in this globe. And it's through our views, through our perspectives and how we do. Just like um, we have been inspired to do by uh, personalities like you. And, you know, we have uh, just like uh, it's about the flourishing education, about uh, providing the quality education to each one and make it sure that one day there will be no one left educated yeah and you young people you are my inspiration you're my driving force every day my own children but also every single child that's what is driving me um in what i do so you know please know that you all hugely uh, inspire me and and i've got nothing but respect for for young people you know i just feel that we adults have left the world in such a dire state because of our selfishness and you know some of the things the behaviors we've done and the least we can do is actually you know all come together to to create a a, a better world um and i think you know again that's that's maybe you know people say to me oh you're so positive and you're very pollyanna but um, I can't think any other way. I think for me, um, that's the only thing I can control. The only thing I can do is is what you just said. So be the change you want to see in the world, um, because that bit I can control. So how you know I can't control a lot of the events that happen in my life. I can't control what life throws at me, but I can control how I respond to those events. Right? What my what I call my response ability, my ability to choose my response. Um, and I think this is where I feel more empowered. And I just feel well, you know, it's only it's what my light shining but then you know for that podcast I'm also showing that you're shining your light light in India and you know imagine if we brought all of those lights together what beautiful uh you know what a difference it would make it's it would be really great and we all have been waiting for this since centuries and maybe one day we can reach the goal and it's like uh, you can say that nobody's perfect in the world, but what uh, goes with the trial? We can even try to be one. Mm. It uh, depends because uh, if you do uh, something good, means uh, you uh, don't have to like uh, means try to be somewhere else. So it uh, depends on your works. And if you do something for a good cause, 
it's your trial. It's the biggest trial you do. Mm. And you said you don't have to be something else or, you know, somebody else. I think that's also an issue, right? Because um, with with technology and when it's all fear-based, we do have a tendency to, to act or put like those social masks to just fit in with everybody else. Um, and I guess over the last two or three years for me, it's been all about removing all those masks and just being okay with who I am as an individual. Um, and I guess what I love about your generation is that unlike us adults, you, you don't seem to have to do that. You're already okay shining who, you know, as who you are as individuals. Um, again, do you feel that's true for, for many of your, of your, you and your peers? Um, or do you think that many are actually also struggling with what we've had to, to do, which is, you know, sort of like the social norms and and not really knowing who they are? Because uh, uh, you can see we, uh, there's a quote that everybody is a genius. And we just need to discover, like, uh, the diamond is under the land now. And we just need to dig it and we just need to find what is valuable for us. And uh, I would like to see, because there is a, a line, it's a very short line that I, means I've been, uh, for the past uh, few months, I've been writing a book and I uh, I was, I just came up with a line from my own when I was writing that I am what I am. And it's really, uh, means it's in simple words I'm saying, but like, uh, I don't have, uh, I'm not using very hard words, but it's, I felt that it, it was it my own line was inspiring me and because it was like uh those masks uh you talked about because uh, i am it's always what i am because if you uh try to pretend to be uh, someone then you will lose your own identity mm. and your identity is your actual power mm. we all uh this and uh like if you try to be the you can see someone is genius and you try to be means the same like him or her, then means you lose that identity, and your I actually I will say that the identity makes us unique. Mm. And so, have you always been like this, or have you had to learn to to be who you are? <laughs> Is that have you always been you, or have you actually over the years um, discovered who you are? Uh, when uh, means it's I'm now thirteen years old and. Till five, uh, five or six, I was totally, you can say, I didn't know where I, uh, means I was just uh, based, uh, like I was moving on with my first uh, stages of education. Like I was uh, studying preparatory, then kindergarten. And, but then uh, means now I used to realize that when I was four or five years old, I used to write and also uh, I used to, songs uh, which and I also give music to the songs and at, when I was five years old I with my sister used to sing that song and record it in the phone and now when I hear it I was like uh, means I feel like means I realize that because uh, uh, but that uh, string was just uh, getting removed when I turned eight years old and I was uh, just like I'm an author now but I whenever when I was eight years old when I the literature term came up to my mind. It was like long grammatical errors. Like I would uh, say that I would use prepositions or nouns or adjectives, determiners or those. Uh, there are a lot of grammatical topics to be learned. And it was really tough 
uh, when I was eight years old. Then one day when uh, my uh, parents, because uh, I didn't knew at the time what I'm meant for to do or what means I, I, I was just thinking I'm a student. Uh, my work is to study and just go on. So then my teacher complained to my parents after my results that my comprehension or my writing skills are bad, are poor, very poor. And they were, my teacher was saying that the, uh, so my teacher and my parents planned for a punishment. And that punishment was like to write two paragraphs and a story. I wrote the two paragraphs, but the story was like, I was feeling like it was not my piece of cake. So a story means I was thinking that it was completely different from what I am. I'm, I'm not meant for like, like writing stories or something, but then uh, I closed my eyes and I was moved into a dream. And suddenly I could see myself as a sailor moving on in my ship and suddenly the ship crashed and the story was going on and suddenly my eyes were open. And I was very sad that I couldn't finish the story. Then I just realized that writing is not like whenever I... I, but I am a reader since I was five years old. I used to read encyclopedias, novels, and I was be thinking previously that writing is only using hard words, uh, like uh, means you can say instead of long, we use uh, some authors use sesquipedalian. That's a word that is means means long, but we don't use that word, mm -hmm. right? What do some authors write those long words? But I was thinking exactly. Then I realized that it writing is just a way to connect our thoughts to the readers and it's uh, writing comes doesn't come like uh, from it's not god gifted authors everybody can be an author it's just depends on the visualization of our and our dreams can be our writings and my then i close my eyes i then created that uh, dream page again and I, this time consciously i was going on and mm. then i finished it and i wrote it down in my notebook, wherever I visualized, and my parents saw it, and they hugged me, my teacher hugged me as well, and then I realized that writing, actually, I was meant for writing, but what the problem with me was, I didn't realize what writing actually was, and when I realized what writing actually was, now I'm an author. Mm. And I love it, because you, 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 what you, you said with the closing your eyes and dreaming, is that really what you did is tap into the creative part of, of who we are as individuals. So we are all creative beings, um, you know, regardless of not everybody's going to be a writer. Some of us may be like a songwriter or, or painter or, you know, but all of us as human beings are meant to use our bodies and an, as an expression of who we are as individuals. Um, you know, some some may be dancers, some may be, you know, I don't know, so, so or, you know, yoga teacher, all of those things, right? Like you could be a runner, an athlete. Um, and I was saying to a friend of mine uh, um, recently that so we, we were spending time together and I, because obviously when I work, when I'm not on my sabbatical, I work at, you know, university in the faculty of arts. And what really saddens me is I think the current um, education system has really is slowly destroying the arts also undervaluing the arts um, really focusing on STEM, on, you know, science, technology, engineering, you know, so all, all of those aspects. Um, 
And I, I um, interviewed Guy Claxton, and in this interview, he told me, Professor Claxton said, said to me, I believe the issue is all with Descartes when he said, I think, therefore I am. So we tend to glorify our minds, our thinking, all of that, the very rational, logical mind. And therefore, the body has become like the servant of this mind. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to, to have your take on this, because when I heard your story, it was very much to me that you were using your rational, logical mind. OK, I'm a student. This is what I do. And it's mechanical. And this is the task. And then suddenly you tapped into creativity, using your body, your hands to write and be creative and allow the stories to come out for that imagination. So the fact that as human beings, we've got this beautiful prefrontal cortex that enables us to go not just to the past, but also to the future and vision the future. So again, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because when I, uh, from the age of five, I told I uh, didn't I didn't hear the word creativity or something before, but when I uh, realized about because uh, two things are there which uh, you can do nothing without it, that is imagination and creativity. And I uh, when I was uh, 11 years old, I wrote a quote that creativity never starts with your ideas. They start with you. And I it was actually an experience because I'm not an experienced person, but uh, it was an experience of two months or three months. And uh, I learned while writing that creativity even uh, it was, and even today uh, when I write, I don't like, I don't, I don't know how authors write. I don't know uh, when, if uh, they plan a plot because I have seen, I have also learned from different people about uh, author literature, about different authors that they used to, First, think of the complete story and then write. But what I do is just think of the first page and I write. And while I write, I create. And because uh, uh, like I'm thinking that I'm a sailor and I'm on a ship. So I will feel that now at the moment I'm at a ship. This, uh, this is the room I'm now uh, doing a session that uh, I am now in a ship. And just keep an example like you are uh, my captain. So uh, I would uh, say that uh, I was will be planning for the trip, and then suddenly the ship crashed. In. It was it's just like I'm seeing. I'm uh, in my vision. It, I'm seeing what is happening, and I'm uh, experiencing it. And that I learned that it's uh, not my ideas where how to write or something. It it's me who has shaped uh, like who it's me who has shaped me. <laughs> and mm. yeah it depends uh, on like what i create uh, means i i can only create with me and i always in my stories or writings i especially i put myself as a lead character and i don't write as a third person i write it as the first person and i experience what it is going on and then write it in my notebook or my computer personal computer and it's uh, like creating the vision into um, it's converting that dream into reality. Mm. Amazing. And so would that be your advice to people is just to step into like who you are and then envision what 
your vision is for you as that particular idea. So you're doing that as you uh, Riyadh in your boat on your own journey called life, right? The um, the river called life. Um, is that what you would advise others to do? Yeah, and uh, means I like to say that I always follow the code that when there is a will, there is a way. And if you have the will to do something or change something, you always have a way. And like, yeah, I mean, sometimes the road isn't visible to you or the way. You need to find that unit. And uh, just uh, previously, I was uh, saying that uh, it's really, sometimes it's hard to discover what's in us or what who uh, what I I am what I am. That uh, thing it's really hard to discover. So the best thing you can do is to test it. And and means we are on different fields. And like uh, if you're meant to be a writer, it's not like you'll only be a writer because uh, you can see I'm a writer. I'm a singer. I'm uh, a lyricist, I am a history and STEM analyst, and this I've been I've been discovering these things uh, along with literature because I'm testing it. Because uh, means I used to when I learned history about uh, different history about uh, each country's history. So then I saw that I have interest in it, and means it's just going on like go with the flow, and this is actual uh, uh, discovery of uh, who. I'm what I am and mm. my advice to uh, this about this is when uh, you have the will to do it, when you have the courage to pursue your dreams, don't think anything, just do it and you'll find the way where you want to go. Mm. And I love that because it's to me, it's a, it's a, I would call that tapping into your intrinsic motivation. So it's like, it's a, for me, it's a, you know, I go inwards and I go, is it a hell yes? Is it a maybe or is it a hell no? And then get based on that, I'll just, I'll navigate my boat to, yes, okay, so I'll go this way. Um, and this is a no or this maybe, so I'll just see how it unfolds. Um, so intrinsic motivation, you know, that sort of, for me, the motivation is like a, a compass. It guides me into where I want to go. Um, but also... Uh, you know what I really loved in 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 what you were describing is is that motivation, but it just it's it's also not putting ourselves into pigeonholes. So not saying I'm only arts or you know I'm only a writer. You know you're clearly showing us that you can be good at English and writing and singing and you know the arts, but you can also be good at maths and science, and so. I, I don't know what, what it's like in India, but certainly in the UK, we have a tendency in our system to want to pigeonhole people and say, okay, so if you're good at this, this is the path you're taking. Um, you know, there is one path for you and it's this one. And to me, it's, I, I've said that many times, but it's that it's not one path, but one apostrophe, yes, one's path. What is your path? And it doesn't have to be determined. And actually that path can change. So it can be this now, but in three years time, it can be something else. And that's okay too. It is, uh, I, mean, I totally agree with your points. It's really true about, uh, it's, I would only say one word for this. It's the discovery. And that discovery is, just like testing, uh, you can see we once we finalize, uh, you can see a product, 
in a company or a factory, we used to test a lot of times just to see if that is a success. And there are different people like once they see that this is not my work, they go to another just to test it. And when you find it, you get the best way in the world and the you will only get an arrow just to say that this is the way, but the way you have to create it. And this like I'm saying that the, this is the path we have to walk on. And only the first steps have been uh, drawn by the personalities of that century for this century. And this century, we have to write the next pages or we have to write next uh, ways to go forward. Mm, I love that. And I, the, that discovery, to me, as, as a parent, I assume your parents are en enabling you, empowering you to do that discovery, right? Yeah. Um, because what happens if, if, if the, the environment you're in, if your parents, your teachers are actually clipping your wings or saying, no, 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 you're not a sailor, sailor you're gonna have to stay on on firm ground and continue with what we have for you so is that your experience are your parents empowering you to be the the captain of your ship yeah my uh, parents my teachers are really supporting and uh, my parents uh, they uh, say it depends on what uh, you wish to be and we uh, like three things to fulfill always that is our wish our desire our needs uh, when we dream of something and my wish uh, my dream is turns turns to my wish and then it turns to my desire and finally my need and like uh, i am wishing to be an author i'm just saying that and now that soon becomes our desire and then soon it becomes our need and that's how we get it and my parents used to see me the same thing Mm, amazing beautiful so it becomes a need you need to write you need to spend time yeah. in front of your computer with, with your diary to let that creativity come through exactly mm, beautiful amazing Riyad um is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you want to share with our listeners I'm already speechless talking about different topics and it is really amazing and I would say this is a really amazing session and talk I had with you today and this I really I especially I have been inspired by this conversation today and mm. I learned a lot and that's how it goes even the greatest personality in the world says learning never stops yeah Yes. We learn a yes. Lot. yes, yes. Lifelong learning. It stops. It stops the day you, you die for me. It's like, okay, done. Exactly. Uh, until then, we're never done. There's always things to learn and you know and learn from. And and you know what an inspiration you are. You know, I love how you are just really exploring, you know, being okay with who you are, being you and just showing up in the world and exploring and navigating the world. That's just beautiful. So thank you. Um, when I wrap up with my guests, I always ask them, you know, is there what if there was one thing? I mean, it, I, I say one thing, it doesn't have to be one thing. It's not prescri prescriptive. Um, what would you say, you know, would be your takeaway from this conversation? I, first of all, it's always learning as a takeaway and 
uh it's really uh when i was uh, learning that uh, means i when you told me that uh you inviting me for this uh episode and i was really excited and especially the first thing i was excited is for to learn today and to learn uh, about different things and it's uh especially always about learning and you know educa uh, education knowledge is the thing that we provide and we get and we get and we provide and that's the things going on and i feel the same as for today mm, fabulous so thank you so much for providing us with the knowledge and helping us um you know reshaping us you know i, I call that being you know obviously eagleman says we're live wired and we're constantly changing through the conversation and the stimulation we have so i want to thank you for that that's really wonderful thank, thank you, you for your much. time it is my pleasure thank you thank you thank you for listening to this episode if you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You can also reach me via Twitter at FlourishingHE on LinkedIn or you can join our private Facebook group, Flourishing Education. All the links are easily available on anchor.fm. Thank you so much and I hope you are flourishing. Bye for now.